Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Going stateside now, and a Kiwi that's doing good things in the Major League Baseball Series, which has got a big appetite over here for New Zealanders, I must say. He's with the San Diego Padres as the Director of Player Health and Performance. He'll be a name familiar to you because he also coached New Zealand to two World Championship softball titles. Andy worked with the All Blacks and now San Diego Padres. Don Trickett joins us, I'm guessing, from San Diego. Don, welcome in. Yeah, I am in San Diego. Thanks, Mark. All, all things are going well for us over here. It's a very busy time of year, although it's uh, never not busy in uh, professional sport. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, actually, before we talk about the here and now and, and the great season that your team has had, um, an interesting path you've taken from playing in Porirua and then coaching and then World Championships and then All Blacks and then Padres. How did the Padres thing come about. Can you remember the first time it popped onto your radar or you met someone from the Padres? How did that start? Yeah, it, um, yeah, it started uh, would have been this is my fifth year up here, so a little over five years ago. Um, a, a couple of people from the Padres came down to New Zealand uh, and um, wanted to have a conversation around um, what, uh, what we do in rugby um, and what's the you know, the, the secret behind the All Blacks. And, um, and we had a few conversations in terms of some of the things that we've tried to do in rugby, some of the things that worked, some of the things that didn't work. And, and they were essentially just ticking off their whole checklist of all of their frustrations um, in professional baseball. So then from there, they, um, they invited me to, um, to come up and spend a bit of time with them, um, have a look at their setup and, and just share some observations about opportunities to, to get a little bit better. Um, and they brought me up a few times. The first time I came up, I had no idea what I was coming up for. Hmm. It was for spring training, and I thought, what's the worst thing that can happen? I can spend a week in the sun eating hot dogs and watching baseball, <laughs> and I thought there could be worse things uh, that I could be doing. Uh, and then from there, that, that led to a, um, uh, a conversation around, hey, what would it take to bring you to the United States? And um, that's how it happened, and rugby were fantastic, so... When it all happened, um, you know, I was above board with rugby, um, and we talked it all through, and um, and uh, we worked a few things out, and here I am. Fantastic. And, and my exit from um, rugby was uh, I'd still spend four or five weeks a year, um, certainly for the first two or three years, um, with the All Blacks and just helping them um, set a few things up, do the reviews, stuff like that. Mm. Was part of the appeal, do you think, from the Padres to you that you hadn't been... I don't know what the right word was, not polluted, but a fresh ideas, fresh face, not entrenched in a, in a lifetime of baseball, therefore could be potentially a little bit more objective? Yeah, that's, that's the same argument that you could have New Zealand rugby as well. Like I had no pedigree in rugby. Mm. Um, and, um, and there's again, when I came into rugby, is that there's plenty of people that know rugby. Um, my role was to bring um, high-performance ideas and concepts to the table, um, and view, look at the same picture um, from a different perspective um, and challenge people's thinking. And, and I came from a position where um, I was really inquisitive because um, there, were no, there was no bias attached to me. It wasn't like I'd 
played rugby, I was an all-black, or I was this, that, the next thing, and this is the only way that you can do things. I just brought a different perspective, and it's the same thing with baseball, is that, you know, not many people up here know I have anything to do with softball. They all think I'm from rugby. Um, so I had an awareness of the game. Just like when I went into rugby, I had an awareness of the game. I knew what the, what the, what the game was all about. You couldn't be a New Zealand male with, or a New Zealander without understanding um, the concepts of rugby, what a line-out is, what a scrum is, those sorts of things. Um, so I never got involved in anything technical. Um, I got involved in more environmental things in terms of what's, what, what are the barriers or what's getting in the way of enabling um, our people to be you know, dynamic, to be extraordinary. Um, and so that was what I brought to the table in rugby, and that's what I bring to the table here at the Padres. Because what we want is exactly the same thing, and that is we want um, we want our people or our athletes, uh, our coaches, um, to do you know extraordinary things. And by doing extraordinary things, um, you've got a pretty good chance at winning. When when you read the job title, director of player health and performance, straight like I I sort of thought you're a, a morphing of Gilbert and Oka and Nick Gill, but it's not that, is it? It's um, well, actually, you tell us if your Monday to Friday, which I know isn't the, the accurate thing, but your day to day life, what what are your main sort of endeavours, your main sort of goals within that Padres organisation? So the core, the core role is about um, uh, it's it's mainly medical. So the core role is I head up the uh, the medical team. So that's um, strength conditioning, um, mental skills, um, uh, physiotherapy in, in New Zealand language over here. It's athletic training, and it's like um, how do we ensure that the athlete um, um, uh, is conditioned to dominate when they get onto a baseball field. Um, so that's my day-to-day role in terms of leading that team um, and ensuring that um, you know, we remove, um, uh, how to put it in terms of any dysfunction. Um, we, you know, we work with, um, with the player in mind and we get the best minds around it to try and figure out what the problem is, what we need to do, um, and how do we get them on the, onto the baseball field. Uh, the other part that I do is I'm pretty much a um, like a um, troubleshooter. So wherever there's something that um, pops up in in the business, then I tend to um, get um, pulled in to just again share different perspectives and, and help with uh, really clarity in terms of you know, we're really good at um, at treating symptoms in sport. Uh, we're not very good at identifying issues. So so my role in, in that troubleshooting role is to um, help um, clarify what we're what we're looking at, so that we actually identify what the issue is, so that we can um, resolve it, rather than get seduced by fixing a symptom, and then uh, get frustrated where um, the issue, the underlying issue, is still there. It, it's a very different sport in that with rugby, for example, when you had a good grounding in rugby, they play once a week. Your blokes play every day, and I just I can't figure out how they can keep that. That edge up, you know, there's no big build up and, you know, captains run the day before and and you have a hard training, then you have a day off, then you have your yoga. You guys can't afford that. Is How do you manage that as the Director of Health and Performance, given that they can just play day after day after day? Yeah, there's, and there's, um, yeah, we play, just to you know, give your listeners some context, is that we're mandated to play 30 games in spring training, which is our pre-season. So if we decided that we only want to play 15, uh, what we want doesn't matter because we've got to play 30. 
Um, then we play 162 games in the regular season. Uh, and um, and then if we're fortunate enough to get to the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs, then that could be a potential another 21, 22 games. So um, in many ways, it, um, during the regular season, it's numbing because it's just day after day after day with travel. So it mm-hmm. wouldn't be unusual that we um, we finish the series in, in San Diego and then we're on a play, flight to New York, which is five and a half hours away, and we're playing the next night. Um, so we typically get, the athletes get, um, on average, a couple of days off a month. Um, the staff would get, well, and um, my role is we, I probably get about one day off a month. And um, and that's where we've got to, again, change some of them. We're trying to change the mindset in baseball. So the mindset is that you got to, there's a badge of honour if you can play 162 games. <laughs> um, but you're toast if you play 162 games. So if your best players play 162 games and you're good enough to get to the playoffs, you're typically not going to go very far in the playoffs because your your better players are, um, like I say, a, a toast and, and they can't provide anything for you in the playoffs. So what we're trying to do is to um, manage the workload of the players so that our best players can play 145, 150 games a year um, and there's still you know, a degree of freshness um, going into the playoffs if you want to win a World Series. So that's what we're, we're grappling with in terms of the, hey, but, I, but you know, my whole personal worth is based on this, I need to play 162, um, and our argument to the players to get to 162 games, you probably have to play at about 70% capacity. Mm. So it's better for us if you can play at 90% to 100% capacity for 145, and we'll get someone else in to give us their best over the, you know, when the games that you're not playing. So that's the shift that we're making in baseball. And we're not alone. A lot of teams are starting to do that now. A real big part of baseball. In fact, American professional sport is the trading system. And, the, you know, we see the um, the big um, announcements when all the college players all gather in a room and the Charlotte Hornets select from Purdue and all of this. Thing. These guys... Like New Zealand, a kid that grows up in Wellington sort of wants to play for the the Lions and then the Hurricanes and then the All Blacks. There's still some sort of domestic allegiance. But I get the feeling in American sport, the goal isn't, you know, I grew born in Chicago, grew up in Chicago, went to university in Chicago, want to play for the Cubs or the Black Sox. It's just like, I want to play anywhere. I want to play in the bigs. Is that a different animal in America to here? No, in many ways it's similar. So you think about New Zealand, um, and if you're a rugby player, so you want to want to grow up and be an All Black. You know, so then, so that's your that's your goal. Whereas in the United States, your goal is that you want to play in the big leagues. You want to be a major league player. So therefore, it's not about hey, my pathway to getting to the All Blacks is the Lions, the Hurricanes, um, and so on in terms of to be an All Black, and I'll stick with where I am. And um, and uh, baseball, it's like um, it doesn't matter if I play for the Padres or I play for the Yankees or the Dodgers. I just want to be a big leaguer. Um, so therefore, in terms of again, when you're drafted, then um, and you're drafted into the Padres, then you're a Padre until such time as you're not. And then um, and then if we trade you to the to um, the Dodgers, then you're a Dodger. Mm-hmm. Um, until you make it to the Dodgers, and then and then you might get traded again. And and it is um, if we when we draft um, um, a player out of um, college or um, out of um, high school, then we've the, the club's got six years of control of that particular player. 
uh, if they don't make it to the major leagues within six years, then um, they can become like a, um, a minor league free agent and then move teams. But for the first six years, they're, they're pretty much tied to, to the team that drafted them. And then once they make the major leagues, the clock starts again. You've got another six years. Mm. Um, so during those six years, um, again, you're tied to the club. You can't decide, I want to play for someone else. Um, and it's the club that holds all the cards and um, can trade you uh, or release you at, at, at any time. Fascinating stuff. Um, talking to Don Trecker out of San Diego Padres, a, a wonderful season for you guys. Um, you made the championship finals, uh, not the major, league, not the World Series finals. You were one step away. The last thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, it looks to me from the outside looking in, you've got a really good succession plan in place with identifying young talent, bringing them through your system. And I think for ease of our listeners to understand, in the NRL, the Panthers are recognised as that they had they made the final of every age group, every academy team, right up to the NRL final. Is that a conscious thing for the Padres? Is that something you've bought? Is it something they've always had? And, and the importance of building from the ground up. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Um, professional sport is, is is expensive. Okay, so it's a bit like. Um, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll use. I'll, I won't try and search for an analogy. Is that okay? So, if you if you um, go into the free market, into the um, free agent, in terms of that's how you build your team, then free agents cost an awful lot of money. Um, and um, before you know it, your, your payroll might be two hundred and fifty million. Um, if you de- develop from within, so the the and a, someone comes through your system and gets to the major leagues then they're paid um, they, at an entry level, which is about 750000 US dollars. So if you can develop from within um, and then supplement in terms of what you've got with um, free agent signings, um, then you've got a club that's sustainable um, and, um, and you've, you've got a chance of having you know, um, sustained success. If you go all in on your own guys, then um, you probably still won't win because you're going to need to supplement them with with one or two um, veteran players because you still need that veteran presence. Mm. Um, And if you go all in on veteran players, then you're typically not going to be successful as well because, again, there's no fresh thinking, um, those sorts of things. So getting the balance right is really, really difficult. Um, We've had um, outstanding um, uh, younger players and um, unfortunately, or for which way you look at it, we've had to use those younger players um, in trades to get uh, one or two iconic um, players that, that help us get over the hump. So an example this year, we traded for a young, again, a young hitter who's a, a generational hitter called Juan Soto. But to, to secure Juan Soto, we had to give up our four best young players. And each of those players will be a really, really good player but um, but they're probably four or five years away from being that really really good player. Versus Juan Soto is a really good player now, and we have we have him for the next three years or the next two years now. So and that's the thing in terms of where it pains you to give up your um, kids that you've invested a lot in um, um, to get someone like Juan Soto. But uh, opportunities to secure someone like Soto don't happen very often, and that's uh, that, and that's a decision that we've made. Now, we still love our players that we've passed on, um, but they're just no longer Padres. Now they're, they're spread out. Most of them are in Washington Nationals now. Mm, 
fascinating stuff, Don. I could talk to you all day, but I won't because uh, time is pushing on. Um, awesome to hear from you. Awesome to hear that it sounds like you're enjoying it a lot. And uh, obviously, some, nearly the big, big prize this year, but uh, it sounds like development's going really well. Really appreciate chatting to you today, Don. No problems. Okay. Have a, have a good uh, rest of your day and uh, hope all goes well for the weekend with the All Blacks and the Black Ferns. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.